name is Carrie Conover, and I went from classroom teacher to ed tech leader to CEO in five years. I'm here to share the stories and wisdom of teachers who have successfully transitioned from the classroom to the boardroom. Hello, everyone. Today, I could not be more excited because we have a classroom to boardroom graduate student, meaning she graduated classroom to boardroom. She's fully employed as a customer success manager. She is a rock star. I'm so excited to introduce all of you to Margie Stahl. Margie, welcome to the Classroom to Boardroom podcast. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, everyone. I am so happy. We were talking earlier. I'm like, I feel kind of like a proud mom. This is must be what it's going to feel like when my, I mean, I'm not that old, but when my teenagers go off into the world and do great things, this must be kind of what it feels like. So um, thanks for being here today. I know you're busy working as a customer success manager. So thanks for taking the time out to chat with us today. Oh my gosh, of course. And if this can help literally anybody out there in their job search, that is really what I would love to do. Awesome. Well, why don't you start off by just telling us the general story of your career? Oh my gosh, of course. So uh, I graduated college. Um, I went to this really small college in Western New York. It's called Fredonia. And um, I graduated in the middle of this recession. So I knew I had to find a job. And of course, that's an area with a million teaching colleges. So (laughs) I relocated to Florida. And I got a job in Osceola County, and I taught in Osceola County for 10 years. I uh, did a lot of different things there from uh, not just teaching, but team lead. And I was also on the executive board for my local union. So I did that for several years as well. Uh, A lot of different roles and mostly third grade, but a little first, a little fourth. So (laughs) got some experience. And um, towards the end of my career in teaching, I realized that I wanted to do more than just teach my 20 students. I wanted to have a bigger impact and affect more students than just my 20 and more than just my school. And I knew there was ways I could do that, but I wasn't really sure how. And uh, when I left, I actually got a contract job for my first job in the world of EdTech. <laughs> and it was for writing the fourth grade math curriculum for Elevate K-12. And that was my baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard to put that out there, Carrie. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> no, it is hard. You got to be vulnerable. You got to use all those skills. But you know I'm smiling big because you said contract position. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit here in a little bit. But it's something we talk a lot about in Classroom to Boardroom. So you're doing that curriculum work at Elevate K-12. What happened after that? Oh, absolutely. So that contract ended, and then I started my second contract. (laughs) And this one was for a company called Code VA, Code Virginia. And they did some amazing things. And I wrote, it was a cross-curricular lesson or series of lessons, and it was with technology and integrating technology into social studies. So my favorite part of that was writing this great Tinkercad lesson about um, students would be able to uh, go in and make their own monument. So oh, cool! Yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, so that contract was going, and that is when I was taking your course and in classroom boardroom. 
<laughs> and I was able to find, thanks to you, uh, my current job that I have now at Skillstruck, where I am a customer success manager. We're going to talk a little bit about that change from curriculum to customer success. Was there, I know you mentioned that you wanted that bigger impact. Did you, it's interesting, you and I both taught 10 years and I had recently posted on LinkedIn, like the major pull for me out of the classroom was kind of feeling bored that I had challenged myself in so many ways. It sounds like you were doing similar things. So was it just that hunger to like have something new and different to work on? Or was that mostly the pull for you? I, I think it was having a bigger scope and a bigger reach. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to help students that were not just in my classroom um, and really making an impact on education as a whole. Yeah. And I think that some you already are having, and like, I mean, how long have you been gone now from the classroom? Oh gosh. Um, uh, about a year and a half. A year and a half. And I'm sure you've in between Elevate K-12, which is a large ed tech company um, that I actually did some work with uh, right when I left um, Discovery Education went on my own. So I know Elevate K-12 and Code VA, like those, there's tons of kids you're impacting there. You're doing that in Skillstruck as well. So you are, you know, in a year and a half already making all those kind of dreams and bigger aspirations um, come true. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah, that was something I felt really passionate about. Awesome. So when you think about leaving, when you're getting ready to leave, this is a question I always ask is, did you feel the guilt about leaving? Oh my goodness, of course. <laughs> and uh, I still have friends who are teachers right now that are thinking about leaving and the guilt is just so monumental that they are questioning everything, um, which Oh, please don't do that to yourself. <laughs> please don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, the more experience I had in my new role, the less guilt I felt because I realized I was having such a big impact on not just my 20, but I work with schools across the country and I have an impact on students in California and New Jersey and Arkansas and Utah and all these wonderful places that... I didn't have that opportunity when I taught my 20. Yeah. Well, that's what makes me feel like it was worthwhile. Absolutely. Before we kind of dig into some of the other questions I sent you, I do want to talk a little bit about contract position. So this is something that, you know, before we started st uh, recording, I was sharing with you about another studi student, Olivia, who's going to be on the podcast soon. Um, her story, it, it's similar path of yours, but a lot of times classroom to boardroom students come to me and they say, Hey, you know, I have nothing on my resume, but teaching. And those are all great things, but I'm always pushing, try to build something, try to find other things, other roles and contract positions are where it's at in my mind. If you're having a hard time finding that full-time job, take a contract, take a part-time, take something over the summer, not only to build your resume, but when you go get into a job interview, that paired with a course like Classroom to Boardroom, you know all the lingo, you know how it works. I'm sure that was such a um, such a bright spot for Donnelly when she was interviewing you, knowing that you had already worked for two different ed tech companies. Oh, absolutely. And I really think that it helps that I worked at Code Virginia as well. I think that was another selling point because the Skillstruck, if you don't know, we offer a comprehensive K-12 curriculum for coding. Um, so it really 
led into that. And I don't think there's a lot of people that are not currently in the world of ed tech already that uh, have education experience plus some kind of experience in that realm. <laughs> in that realm. Exactly. Yeah. And even if it's not your dream perfect position, especially with these contract positions, take it, get the experience. A lot of times people can even just get offered full-time roles within that company. That's happened in a couple of times already to our classroom to boardroom students. So um, I'm glad you took that path and it's definitely worked out for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I really hope that other people can, if they're offered a contract position, don't turn it down. You can do it in the evenings, do it on your own time on the weekends, really get that experience on your resume. It makes a world of difference. Yes. So looking back on your career so far, how do you think you've grown or changed the most professionally, especially in this last year and a half? Oh, of course. I think there's a lot of similarities between teaching and making that transition into customer success. Um, I'm working with teachers in the classroom, so I still am connected and I still have that passion and that drive. Um, but the one thing that has changed is in the classroom, I was more so using smart boards and that kind of technology, whereas right now I'm using very different technology. <laughs> and there is definitely a learning curve. So uh, I use a lot of different technologies that, as a teacher, I never used at all, from HubSpot and Airtable and Affinity Canvas, uh, all those fun things. So you're, you're talking a lot about technology, and I think that, you know, there's kind of different... I would call them classes of technology that you would use based on whatever role you take on. But we talk HubSpot, we talk a lot about um, Salesforce using those, but you know, HubSpot and Salesforce, once you learn something like that and you kind of take their free courses or the things they have, it's easy to transfer those same skills into a new software. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. That's Learning it is has a little bit of a curve, but it's very easy to do. Once you understand how it works, I would not say that that is difficult. It's just you need to learn it. It's kind of like the first time you learn, like the first time you learn how to use Excel, you can transfer those skills over to Google Sheets. Um, if you're using Zoom, you can figure out how to use um uh, easy webinar. Like there's, it's the first time you go to use something like that, there's that learning curve, learning curve, but you know, don't, I've had people be like, well, I don't know which one to learn. Just learn one of them. It doesn't matter which one. <laughs> they have so yeah. many similarities that really it yeah. will all come out in the wash. Yeah. So let's talk about your new role as a customer success manager. What are your overall responsibilities? Well, that, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I think the easiest way to answer that is I oversee the entire life cycle of my schools. So it starts with onboarding. Um, I get a new client from the sales team after they've signed. Yay! That's always a big deal. And um, we start with having a success meeting where I meet with the client and we determine what their goals are, what success looks like for them, because that will look different for everybody. Um, just sort of like when you're teaching in school, every student has different end goals. You can really push your gifted learners to maybe become a year and a half above grade level, but you have students who come in who definitely won't meet that same mark. Um, so really just learning, even when you think about those scaffolding things that you use as a teacher, they're so applicable. There's, oh my gosh. 
Yes. <laughs> we have an implementation meeting where I sit down and we go through the entire platform and we teach them how to use it. And uh, from there, they're up and running. So it's more so me checking in with them over the school year and making sure they're making progress on meeting their goals. And really, teachers, oh my gosh, you already do this so well. You already do. But yeah. um, I also created the customer advisory board at Skillstruck. So Ooh, tell I, us about that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so um, I meet with some of our power users once a quarter, and we determine different uh, things that they think we should focus on or modify or enhance on the platform to make it a better experience for both teachers and students. That is cool. And that is one really nice thing about working at a startup is, and being in a startup environment is you can, first of all, come up with ideas to create like things like that, but you also are super close to your customers. And I feel like you feel like you empower your customers to be heard, which at a larger company that happens, but it's not the, the, the distance is further is the best way I can explain it between the customer and the people actually making the product. And it sounds like with you, it, it's a little bit tighter and you're able to get your customers' voices heard. Oh my gosh, yes, very much so. Um, I believe this last round, we had about a two-week turnaround time from when we had the customer advisory board meeting to the time when the dev team was already starting to make those modifications. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. It, it, you said that one of the best parts of your job is that in working at a startup. So one of the first things we talk about in classroom to boardroom is the difference between working for a startup and a larger, more established company. So you're saying that you like that you get to work on it with every department, which I've said a million times, I would not be the entrepreneur I am today had I not worked at eSpark and got to learn marketing, engineering, like, I mean, all sales, um, you know, learning design. I've got to see all these things. So you're having a similar experience at Skillstruck? Oh my goodness, of course. Well, first off, I love everyone I work with. They're absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, that's the best part of my job is I get to work with everybody. Sales gives me the information on our new schools and our new clients, and I get that from them. And that takes a lot of trust both ways there. Yep. After that, um, I work with support on pretty much a daily basis who they're amazing. They make sure that if there's a customer that's having an issue, it is fixed and it is solved and it is resolved quickly. And <laughs> those ladies make me look very good. <laughs> those ladies make me look, I would not be able to do my job without the support team. Yeah. Um, the dev team makes everything work. Marketing does so much and like pumps out all of our partnership information, like we all work together as a great team, and I I hope that everyone that works in a startup has a very similar experience where they get a yeah. little bit of everything. Yep, I know I did. What are some of the soft skills that were required of you to work in customer success? Oh, of course. So I was on LinkedIn, and I noticed somewhere, and I wish I could tell you who it was, <laughs> but someone <laughs> had posted that soft skills should be renamed to essential skills. Mm, love that. And so love that. that's exactly what I think you need to be a CSM is all of your real essential skills from teaching. For me, empathy is the biggest piece and being able to relate to your customers and oh my goodness, teachers, you have so much empathy for your students. You're already like miles and miles ahead of where you need to be. So I know you can relate to other teachers. I really think a CSM is a great job for anyone looking to. I do too. <laughs> yes. 
Well, not to cut you off, and not to make a left turn, but I'm going to make the left turn. I see this so much on LinkedIn, especially that teachers think I'm a teacher. I like writing lesson plans. I should do curriculum design or curriculum work. I also felt that way, but I would argue that I think customer success in sales is actually a more natural fit without extra training. Like, I think that Um, some roles like you stepped in, in your contract position, you were able to use those curriculum writing skills from the classroom, but a lot of like, um, instructional design is different than what you did in the classroom. Um, so I would argue that I think actually customer success is a more natural fit that doesn't need as much training. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think as long as you're taking those essential skills over with you, then really you're off to a great start. You don't need, you need to just be able to relate to other people, especially when you don't know what kind of a day they're having. You don't know what happened in their classroom that day. Lord knows we've all had good days and bad days. So you don't understand where they're coming from, but just being able to relate to them, whether they're having an amazing or an awful day, helping them solve their problems or even expanding their knowledge base. You know, it's interesting too. I think teachers have this ability to take the emotion out of things. Um, Not, I don't mean like they don't, they aren't connected to the work, but like we were able to, something that would normally make a normal person like lose their mind or flip out or scream or yell, like teachers are able to just kind of like take the emotion out of it and stay neutral. And I do think that paired with empathy, paired with being able to think on your feet right? Like you have to be constantly adjusting. You might have questions asked to you live in a meeting with a new client that you don't know the answer to. There are times when you go into a customer success initial meeting when they're like, oh, the sales team promised us this, or the sales team said we could do that. And not that the sales team lied or exaggerated, but maybe the customer heard something in a different way than it actually was. So there's things like that as a customer success manager, the contract signed, you've got to think on your feet You can't freak out, right? But you've got a problem solved. So I think for you, what probably makes you such a natural good fit is you do have that kind of even keeled temperament. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think that being able to make split second decisions, and I think so many teachers do that on a daily basis. Um, Just being able to realize where we're the problem at hand or the issue that has arisen and trying to maneuver through it just the best you can. So yes, I, I, teachers do that all day long. I mean, (laughs) what are hard skills? Like, what did you feel like you needed kind of those hard skills to get that job and get up and running? Oh my goodness. Of course. Um, for me, once again, it goes back to technology because that's where I had to grow and learn. I had those essential skills already down, but learning, um, even something as simple as Slack <laughs> when you're first starting yeah. is yep. it, it's a little bit different if you've never used Slack before. And most of the, the teachers that I I'm friends with to this day, don't use Slack and don't know what it's used for. So learning those new technologies takes a little time, but you can totally do it. You can totally. I wrote that down. Slack is something I should add to classroom to boardroom. Um, 
as a skill to learn. So thanks, thanks for that tip. I will be adding that. Maybe we'll have our own Slack channel for classroom to boardroom. I would love to. And I can come back to you and say you were the the one that got us started. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about advice those educators right now that are looking at transitioning into a role in an education company. Like, what's the one big piece of advice you would give them? We sort of hit this earlier, but I think it's really important and I want to drive it home. (laughs) If you're offered a role, take it, please take it. It doesn't matter if it's part-time, it doesn't matter if it's contract, they will fall in love with you. Just be your true authentic self, get out there, do your very best, and it can turn into something full-time. What When you think back in your time in classroom to boardroom, do you feel like it gave you an edge to get this first role? And I'd like you to talk a little bit about like while you were in the course looking for your role and like at where you are right now. Oh my goodness, of course. Um, so the course really takes you through what it's like at an ed tech company and not just a startup, but also a more established ed tech company and explains really the differences between them, which I think is critical. If you're starting to apply to roles, it's really good to know what you're getting into at both (laughs) both, because it can be very different. Um, Not only that, you really did a great job explaining each role, like what it means to get a job in sales, what it means to be in customer success, what it means to be a learning designer. So when you go through these, you can sort of think to yourself, okay, is this a good match with my skill set? Would this be a good match for me? Is this something I am interested in? And from there, you can make the best choice for you. But in all honesty, you're the one who helped me find my job. (laughs) So you you really changed my world. So I really am so appreciative. And thank you so much. And it was because of your job posts that you put out. And um, that connected me. If any of you have listened to Donnelly's episode, Donnelly is my manager. And (laughs) it's really funny because the whole episode, she talks about the interview process. And uh, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my one coworker. And um, he's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So I listened with that that ear to it. But um, yeah, I just... I think it's great for anyone who really wants a new start in education, someone who wants to have a larger impact or really just make a difference. I mean, that that's what we're doing. I've recommended it to friends and people from LinkedIn. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if anyone's wondering if it's worth it, it really changed my life. And I think it can work for you too. Oh, well, thank you. I do feel the most emotional tie to Classroom to Boardroom out of all the products and services we have through E2E. I mean, I it's literally changing the course of people's lives. And I'm watching people come in who are like, hey, like I'm kind of at my end of the road with teaching. I still love it, but I want to stay in education. And I'm watching them stay in education and have this bigger impact. And it is, it's an emotional experience to sit down with you and know that is true about your life. I'm so proud of you. I cannot wait to watch you grow and continue to flourish. So um, kudos to you for the hard work and staying the course and getting to the place where now you can sit down and give other educators advice. Well, thank you so much. It was only because of you and your help. So thank you. Well, For all of you that have been thinking about Classroom to Boardroom, you can sign up and explore more about Classroom to Boardroom at classroomtoboardroom.net. 
On that page, you'll see that you can join Classroom to Boardroom in two ways. You can join the monthly course, you get a module a month. So that's great for someone who's joining maybe in the fall, in the winter, and trying to prep to maybe change rules throughout the summer. Or a lot of people lately have been going for the full shebang. You get the whole course, we meet monthly for coaching calls, and that way you can kind of just get in there, dig in and see if it's right for you. Um, So those are those two options. You'll also find links to this podcast, which you've already found, so you won't need those, but you'll see there's a free training on there, um, a couple of good blog posts that you should read if you're thinking about this transition. So any final words, Margie, as we head out of today's podcast? Well, good luck to everyone out there looking. It really is a market out there for people who are looking for a job. So I have my fingers crossed for you. And if there's anything I can do to help, let me know on LinkedIn. 